Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Duckies and Darkins. My name is Mayhem, and as always, I'm going to be your DM for this evening. Before we get into tonight's recap, I want to just go ahead and tease a little something-something that we got coming up over here on the uh, the podcast. Uh, some of you who have been sticking around the, the, the podcast for the last God knows how many months ago it was that we uploaded this episode, but... If anybody remembers the episode Scrum Diddly Boom, uh, you'll know that that was the first attempt that we did uh, creating a more contextual episode, showcasing sort of events that were happening outside the direct scope of the the overall disaster trio involvement in the world. Um, we're going to be doing that again. We're going to be doing another little showcase of an event that's happening. Uh, in Vardor, at the exact same time as what Anon, Alara, and Zaris are all doing. However, it's not. It, it will tie in. Actually, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that it won't because it will tie in. Um, but yeah, just to give a little teaser. This uh, this upcoming session, which we're hoping to record next week, is entitled "The Commandant." So I know that some of the more curious members of the listener group and one player in particular is going to be very interested to see what happens uh with regards to that session i am very excited because we are going to be having returning guest players in fact it's the same it's the same three players as scrum diddly boom uh they're just they're just playing completely different characters uh we're going to be joined by shenny uh amy and dubs and they're I, th I think they're looking forward to it i think shinny's really intrigued as to what uh what, he's, what they're going to be doing dubs is just excited to play D, D again and amy's just like yeah i want to do this so let's do it but yeah that's that you can uh expect that episode to come out in a couple of weeks time um to give a little bit of scope uh that episode will be released roughly around the same time that I want to say around the same time that the, the disaster trio are returning home to Amdale. So, got a good couple of weeks in terms of IRL timeline before that happens. Uh, but in-game uh, timeline, it's probably only going to be a couple days. So, really excited, really looking forward to this. Uh, so, be on the lookout for that. Now, to recap last session... The party have successfully completed their journey to the Vardorian Theocracy, uh, stumbling along the uh, pristine and tranquil mountainscape that houses all of the temples and the small little township civilizations uh, within each sector of worship amongst the, the cavernous spaces embedded in the rock. And yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much the recap. It was a really, it was a really chill uh session they helped out some crowns guard in the midst of battle Alara stumbled across a familiar crowns guard face who got promoted to sergeant and i i always said at the beginning of this campaign there's going to be tiny little threads that keep coming back and getting reconnected and it's just it's little details like that that i really think like makes things more relatable but anywho disclaimer to all of my players, before we get into the session, tonight is completely dictated by what you guys want to do. 
and where you guys want to go. If you guys want to go to start uh, to kickstart one of your, the object, the many objectives that you guys have got uh, ahead of you, that's cool. If you guys want to explore, be my guest. So, Disaster Trail, as you continue riding onwards towards the steadily inclining road that leads to the heart of the theocracy, passing not heavy footfall traffic, but just modest amounts of people coming and going. What are you guys doing? Well, if I remember correctly from the exact time this, we've just finished the conversation when Zaris, Anon and Alera talked about the diamond and the fact that it could be just a potential test and then Alera ended the session saying that uh, the only reason you'd use it is if one of them die. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you forgot about that already, did you? No, 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 no. I hadn't forgotten about it. I just... <laughs> I mean, come on. It was only a week ago. So, I, so it would just be at that point where Nalera's just said that and she doesn't know what the reaction would be. <laughs> but then Nalera just mentioned that comment. So yeah, there'd be one reason I'd use it. And if one of you guys die, then definitely I'm using it. And that's where it have left off. So I don't know what exactly the tension, if there's any tension at the moment, if there's any concern towards Nalera after saying this. So cause I just sort of did it before you, like right at the end. So it's... I rolled for horniness and I'm massively disappointed. Anyway, carry on. So that was a what charisma saving throw that you failed there, Zaris? Mm, uh, I, 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 uh, apparently. Zaris, of course you're horny. You're a fucking tiefling. Oh uh, well, <laughs> did I say otherwise? Did I say that I could use a little bit more excitement? But that's. Uh, have you seen what's on your fucking forehead? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he can't fuck himself with it. I mean. <laughs> I mean, unless he's really bendy. How tall is Zaris? Uh, how dexty are you? Well, hold up. There are so many questions that are being asked to me. I feel very stressed out at this precise how moment. Get and how baby is Zaris? How the hell did you hold up in court, Zaris? <laughs> <laughs> Through sheer dumb luck. I mean, I presume he is a bit bendy because he's like likes being flexible by taking his fucking trousers off. Uh, well, okay, yeah, all right. So. How good is your acrobatics? Okay, so first off, first Just off, first off, I am six feet tall. Second of all, I am very bendy because both of you have seen me naked. <laughs> Third of all, uh, I am very, 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 very fit and cut so thank you very much carry on so all needs to happen is we need to see how many ribs zaris has exactly and mayhem i think you know where i'm going with no this. you're not going down <laughs> marilyn manson route please don't just you know just take out a rib and just oh <laughs> damn god damn that's when we could fuck yourself. Anyway, so Larry said a bit of a heartfelt thing. So what the I mean, fuck he, are we doing now? I mean, he could also rip one of his horns off and shove it up his ass. He could fuck himself that way. Look, hey, hey, look, listen. I'm not into Eerie that kind of kinky shit. All right. <laughs> granted, Jesus granted, that is a more painful option, but you know. I say we don't kink, kink shame, but I mean... No, we don't kink <laughs> shame. We, we do not kink shame on this podcast unless kink shame is your, Unless that's your kink, in which case no, you should be no. very ashamed. 
No, my kink is to be the one doing the fucking, not getting fucked. Oh, Thank yeah, okay, you very okay, much. Okay, so, okay, so, <laughs> no, <laughs> nope, not saying it, not saying it. You lost for words there, by him? I know, right, cool. I, I think it's my turn rather than Shinny's, but okay. <laughs> look, look, like, listen, I, I, I like what I like. Leave me be. And we That's love you it for is. it. I mean, are we really going to trust a man that's sexually attracted to Doritos? But, shut the I fuck up. I Just forgot. because I'm a fat ass in IRL. That's not with what the... I was getting at. You said that. that you had a sexual attraction to Doritos. I forgot you yes, said that. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> fuck Anyhow. off. <laughs> Go for that taggy cheese. It's real mature. I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> Anyhow, what, in session, what are you two, you three doing? Well, IRL, I'm disappointed. It's very sad now. But anyway. IRL, I have more questions. <laughs> I don't know, you left the call when Sarah said that. I remember the, the time you said that. You left the VC. It's like, oh. Yeah. And then him going, why is my, why is my fiance just said, what the fuck? <laughs> What have you, what have you guys done? <laughs> anyway, so Alaris put the name back in the pocket after saying what she said, and uh, I don't think oh. she's saying much at the moment. She's just sort of looking around the area. I think Anon feels touched, but she doesn't know what to do with this information. Okay, so we're all going to awkwardly ignore it. Fantastic. Well, I, I didn't say anything. Are you saying exactly. that in character, or are you saying that in your head? Or are you saying in your head, my bad. No, I'm saying that in my head! <laughs> uh, so Lara's not heard a response, and she's like... Okay. Okay. Uh, um, Anon goes to gently pat you on the head, she has no idea what to do. Like, it's, it's a bit awkward. Anon, that really doesn't suit you. I know. Then again, I cried the other day, so... Actually, not the other day, yesterday. Even then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe then, we should go to a bar. I mean, I'd like to get... There's got to here. be like a wine god or somewhat, something here, right? I, 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 I appreciate the fucking, you know... I'd uh, like to roll a religion check to check. <laughs> go, go ahead. I'm sure to do that, Larry's gonna be like, I I still want to do something here. I mean, Canaveras asked me to look into the oracles, so I want to get the bearings first and then see why the oracles are going mad. DM, this definitely was a place about the oracles. I have no idea. Oh my god, Anon. <laughs> What's a god? Yeah, you, okay, so as you're, as you're, as you're riding along, as you're getting as you're ascending this slowly twisting and winding and elevating path, you're, you're joking about finding a god of wine and all of a sudden it, it dawns on you. You have absolutely no fucking idea what a god is. Well, I appreciate the go-getter attitude add-on, um... I did sort of say to Canavers I would look into the oracles going mad. And out of session DM, this was the place the oracles were, or is that further mm -hmm. beyond? 
No, it's, right. it's in it's in the theocracy. Yeah. Yeah. Can I so, me to open this? So I want a. Uh... So a little. Okay. So to give a little <laughs> bit more detail, because I don't think I I don't think I explained this in the the ending dialogue of last session. A lot of the a lot of the world's gods are represented in the theocracy. You've got different degrees of uh, familiarity, is what I'll label it as. So uh, the deliverer is going to be more familiar to people uh, in terms of knowledge than, say, the Dawnfather or Tiamat or Loth or Asmodeus. Uh, but gods such as the Tyrant, Tiamat, Asmodeus, uh, the, the Father of Lies, the Lord of Hells, uh, the Dawnfather, the Wild Mother, they all have a place of worship here in the Theocracy. Because in Vardor, it's not just the Vardorian pantheon that gets worshipped, as is case in point with Zaris, Ilera, and Anon, because you, you guys don't adhere to either of the four Vardorian gods. You certainly don't adhere to the Deceiver. <laughs> um... Each temple has an oracle. Well, most of the temples have an oracle. Uh, and nearly every single temple also has a champion. So, and this is, I'm, I'm going to use this as a reference, and I know that people are going to jump on me for it. Uh, take uh, how champions are depicted in Critical Role. You have got the... Uh, the various champions of the Matron of Ravens. You've got Purvan's soul in the time of the, the Calamity. You have got uh, Vaxaldan from Critical Role's Campaign 1. So you've these are these are people who worship the the god and ascend to a status of great importance and skill and power and devotion. So a lot of the temples here will have someone who acts as a, a champion for that particular deity. Um, with exceptions being uh, the Ice Queen, because the Ice Queen does not currently have a champion. Although, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that one could ascend to that rank in the future. So, as you guys, uh, as you guys are moving forward um Ilara, you you do you do somewhat cast your mind back and think right okay canalvis has, has tasked me with looking into this um go ahead and make a make an investigation check for me will do that's a negative ghost rider have you got no modifier for investigation? Last I checked, yep, it's a straight zero. Damn, okay. So I um, got a two, so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, given the fact that you've never been to the theocracy before, you, you don't, you've never really frequented places of worship. You've never really been one to go to churches, go to abbeys, go to temples. However, counter that, can I roll a history? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll allow you to roll history. It'll give you a slightly different. Because uh, I don't know about about the place. However, would I if I would recognize any any sort of styles or artwork or carvings or statues or something? Uh, or sure. Or if I'd 
Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, on it or heard no, about no. this on my my hands, sir. Yeah, yeah, okay. So. That's a three, so no. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll come I'll combine your two and your three. So uh, f five in general for investigation and history. Um, you've never been one to visit places of worship because it's never been something that you've centered around your life. So you don't know in your own mind where to go to start looking in order to track down an oracle. You don't even know how to conduct yourself around one or you, you've, you've got like the basest knowledge of what an oracle is. You know that they are someone who acts as a link between the material and the divine. So to give an extreme and I'm talking extreme example of that. If you want to break it down to what their what this person's uh, base function is, you could technically classify the Grand Seer as an oracle. Like he puts oracles to shame. He has he has literally seen the gods, and he has the power to see the gods pretty much whenever he wants. But he he can be classified as an oracle. Okay. Uh, so. <clears throat> Anon, forgive me for bringing up this background of yours, but you even know this place or know how this place would act because of your past. And I... you too, Zars, do you have any knowledge of the heck this place is? is after well, about from about... what I can remember. Okay. Zar. I mean, I know I know you like to sort of study up and things and know a lot of stuff. So, if you ever been or heard or know anything about how this place runs? Um. <laughs> Wait, didn't I answer this question in the last session? You said that you you hadn't been here. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I believe the, the exact question was, would it be logical to say whether or not Zarus has ever been here? Yeah, because yes. Larry didn't actually know. The... Okay, so, yeah, no, the... However, you did uh, you did roll to see how much you knew about how a theocracy ru uh, is run, and I think you rolled mid to high, so you, you, you've got an understanding of how theocracies tend to run, but due to the the diverse nature of a, like every single deity that is represented, you also know that things are run completely differently from temple to temple. Right. Um. GM, could I roll a perception? Sure, go ahead. Uh, and I think what, what, what I want what I want to roll it on first. I want to see if I. Re I'm hearing any names of certain deities being said, or if I'm seeing any figures of certain deities that I may or may not recognize. Okay. So I'll say... Just to, just to see if this area is, like, run by one deity, or if there's multiple deities. Okay, so kind go... Kind of thing. Whilst you're, whilst you're rolling, I'll Thank go ahead and describe the area that you're currently in. So, right now you are... You're converging on the path that leads up to the first of these civilization-based temples or, you know, settlements that you can see embedded in the, the the rock face of the mountains. This is 
imagine like a very open country road that slowly narrows in to the base of a mountain and then it's a it's a it's a it's a decently wide pathway it could it could allow for horse and cart maybe to abreast at a push to travel you know along it but you're you're watching as there's there's people making their way carrying baskets there's people on horseback there's people that are literally sat with their feet dangling off the ledge just chilling at the side of this path looking out over the views over the sprawling grasslands that make up the valley between two, uh, each part of the mountain range it's not like i said it's not a busy place right now but there you do catch with a with a dirty 20 you do catch um you do catch snippets of conversation as you're making your way through and past various groups of people you hear two individuals two males that are like i said there's they're sat on the the ledge of this road just chilling out you see them eating uh what appears to be just a, a small pastry uh filled with like meat and potatoes just it's midday it's you can assume it's around lunchtime um you hear one of the males say that there's been more and more people flocking to the theocracy with particular increased foot traffic going to the temple of creation uh let me pull up the let me pull up the document because i did actually specify three uh three here where the fuck did i put it uh, okay so you hear that you overhear the mail and this is just within like a couple of seconds as you're you're slowly going past him you hear him specify that there's been more and more people going to the temple of creation the temple of renewal and there's been people going to the crucible as well so with a dirty 20 on perception i'll say you've rolled decently enough to you you can somewhat piece together the temples that those uh the, oh, sorry the gods that those temples serve so the temple of renewal rings in your head to be ash the the vardorian goddess of birth fertility life love joy she's she's essentially vardor's version of freya uh the temple uh the crucible is the conqueror it's saturn and the temple of creation is the deliverer so deliverer for creation ash for renewal mm -hmm. and conquer for crucible all right, so right off the bat, out of character, we're skipping the Crucible because I don't want to play no PvP right now. <laughs> Thank you. Got it. Cool. Goddamn, Zaris. <clears throat> I will... Wait, one. I think Tony nope. sneezed there. No. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Uh, so, Ella would be passing that information. Ashin... Yeah, no, no, to say them doing the role, I would pass on information off. Theocracy. Asian. Ewell. Crucible. Uh, if I remember right, creation. Was. That? No, no, it wasn't Ash. It was. Deliverer for creation. Um. Crucible was 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 um con 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 conquer uh, and renewal was ash um I th thought 
it would be more like one deity in an area. I am really uncultured. Hilario, oh, I'll say I'll say with your with a dirty twenty as well. You're scanning around and you're it's not just your auditory perception that you're using here, it's your visual. You're you're looking at sites. So you guys are traveling you guys are currently traveling north. Just straight up north. Uh you look to your right about forty five degrees and you can see way off in the distance past the valley that these two mountains create. You can see that there is a floating well, I'd say floating, it's suspended by like pillars of rock and uh stone. But you do see a what appears to be a large cluster of temple buildings or buildings that fit uh, a singular aesthetic. You, uh, you glance off to your left about 70 to 90 degrees to your left and you see sitting high ab uh, above the, the cloud line a similar looking cluster of rock that you can assume would support buildings. But coming off of the left and the right hand side of this natural rock face is this downward sweeping almost like uh if you drip wax onto something and you watch it like solidify as it as it goes down it creates like was it stalagmites or stalactites that go down whichever whichever one goes down but they seem to curve gently in their respective directions Almost like it's forming wings. You look up and it, this one catches your attention real quick. And you, you rest your eyes on it for a second. It almost looks like the wings of a raven. There's something settling about this site that you're coming across. Because it gives you a sense of... Not being home, but there's a sense of... Elera stops the horse and stares at it. There's a sense of... I really don't know how to put it. It, it just, it's settling. Elera's horse, is, Elera stops her horse right in the center, wherever she is, if it's on the road or the side of the road, she just stops and she stares at it. Okay. My queen. Do you want to go? I mean, what do you guys think? Something about this place feels <laughs> not off, but coming. I know, what's your passive perception? <laughs> Eleven. Oh, okay, 11. I'll say that you, you notice it just as it's leaving your peripheral. What Coming towards you, like passing you on the right-hand side, you see this average height, slim with a slight hourglass figure, female, dressed in black satin robes. She's passing the three of you. But what you notice as she draws and she just as she passes shoulder level with you is her earring. 
the earring of a spider. Large, pristine, shining silver earring that doesn't hang in a hoop. It's one of these ones that coils around the shape of the ear with the body of the with, uh, with the body of the arachnid sort of like sticking out. So it's the legs that are coiling around her ear. And it's it's fitted to her ear almost like it's specifically molded for her sh the shape of her particular ear and head. But it also gives a sense of it's fused to her as well. It's part of her and she wears it with pride. She wears it as a as an identifier, as a, a vanity piece. But it's that small detail that you catch just as she's going past you and leaving your peripheral vision. That's a nice earring. So Loth's here too, that's fun. There's a Loth temple here too. So what, like a shared house? No, a, a, a ten temple of worship. What do you think a temple is? Last time I was in a temple, Anon. Yeah, let's not go there. But, um... What temple has shit? No, you're not going to answer. Never mind. What? What kind of temple has a what? Has... Like, it's not really a... Yeah, people live in it, but it's not really a... A house? Anon, I don't have any pleasant memories of a temple if that's what you're trying to get at. Okay. Then... I... kind of feel like I should go to... this one over here. But Let's go. There is a, I know you guys have more understanding than I do. Is it not safe? What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, is it normal for people who worship other deities to be in another temple? Or is Truth that like is it, a, yes. So they wouldn't like try and do hocus pocus conversion fucking shit or yeah, I think you'd need a valid reason to go, but you know, sometimes that you you don't have a choice of temples. You just when you need to worship, you just go to the nearest one and hope for the best. I'm not gonna lie. I do want to go to this temple here, but the what looks like a raven. But thing is, um. This just feels calm, and that don't sit right with me. So, um, I don't want to go there alone. I'll come with you. 
and Anna, uh, not Anna, Anna Lehrer is going to sort of slowly turn her head over to Zaris with a sort of look off, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> but she's just going to sort of slowly sort of look towards Zaris. And, um, would you, um, come with me? I mean, I mean, I mean, sure. I've been so, in many temples before. It's so if if you're curious about this one, then let's go. I'll lead the way. Are yeah. you telling me that the fact that I actually feel calm about something is not concerning you guys? No. When have I ever been calm? <clears throat> When have I ever been calm, guys? I think it's more the lines of that the reason of your being calm is a sense of tranquility. What? Fam tranquility, familiarity. It's it, it's what it's a feeling of that you notice something. It felt familiar to you in some way. <laughs> and your body instinctively relaxed. So it, it's nothing uncommon. It happens all the time. You'll have to forgive me. I'm just not used to this. I, I mean, it's it's fun that your your curiosity is peaked as to why that you felt this overly powerful sense of calm from something that is familiar to you or feels familiar so it's only natural to go in and explore it so call me paranoid but you're not the slightest bit concerned nope mm, no not at all <sighs> And how does one approach it? To the front door. Yeah, I was going to say you start by turning in the direction facing the temple and you start walking. Not what I meant. I mean, guys, the last time I was in the temple, I killed three people. Okay. The last time I was ever in a temple. And that was the first time I was playing in a temple. Unless there's one from childhood, but I don't fucking remember if there has been one there. So I don't really know the right way to act. Well... If I'm to be more... As I keep being told, transparent and let the actual true Alera show herself, then... I need to kind of show this... These weaknesses. Okay. So, I, got, I got an idea. We're going to play a game, Alara. We're going to play a game. Outer session? Is this in Is this in session or outer session? This is it. This is in session. This is right, in session. Fine. I just wanted to clarify that one. Okay. Yeah, so, Alara, we're going to play a little game. Okay. So, do you remember that fancy dinner the three of us had where Anon was teaching you the proper ways of 
using the forks and spoons in order to eat your meal? Yeah, I think she said it was the knife on the left hand and the spoon on the right. I, I. Oh wait, no, no, no! It was the fork on the left. It was the knife on the right, and. Oh, you got the gist the, though. You, you inside to the inside. Why? You know yes, the gist, exactly. though, right? Yeah, you know the gist, though, right? You, you understand that she was trying to teach you something that you had never experienced before, right? But you've already taught me a couple of things, Iris, so it wouldn't be fair to ask any more teachings. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to teach you anything. This is going to be completely on you. So we're going to play a game, okay? Here's the rules of the game. We're going to treat this exactly the same way that we did at that fancy dinner. You're going to approach the temple. You're going to walk in. And you're going to act as if nothing is going on. You're just going to walk in casually, you know, kind of just look around, whatnot. I'm going to give you a max of three questions that you can ask if that for whatever reason you need to ask them. If you go into this temple and you ask less than the three questions and you come out of that temple feeling rejuvenated, calm, and collected and have learned at least one thing, and I mean actually learn one thing, not not some bullshit thing, not don't like don't go in and make a joke or anything about it, but legitimately learn one thing about the temple. I'll give you a plat. Hmm. I'm not gonna make this bet with you, Zaris. However, I am still going to play the game. But I'm not taking money off you. Bro, I have 72 plat. I'm good. Point still stands. I have enough to buy like seven houses. I'm good. I'll tell you what then. Just to go over the deals. If I don't ask the questions, but I feel rejuvenated and I feel like I learned something, then I get a plat. Yes. Then this, this makes a cheaper deal then. Or a more in my sort of way of thinking deal. If I feel relaxed and I feel calm and I feel like I've learned something, at least one thing, then these and she's going to point to the, the short sword and <clears throat> the, the the short sword, the rapier, the and, and the cleaver, because the dagger's not being included in this. Then you, you, you help upgrade these to the max. Deal. Now, I've already made a deal with your brother, so is this going to be a safe deal before I shake your hand? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a different entity entirely when it comes to that so that that's a fine deal sorry i'm being heartless just to... nah no nah, it was a good question <laughs> oh fucking hurt that day though <clears throat> anyway um okay 
but that fact about being calm has been changed slightly now because of the fucking <laughs> stakes but I'll okay let's um but remember less than three questions no more Then, so, um, so are you, is that what you're doing? You're making your way, you're making your way to that temple, Alara? Nah, I'm just joshing me. I'm not going to bother at all. No, because if I if, if I remember correctly, at the, at the end of uh, at the end of the last session, uh, you guys did mention that it would be a good idea for you to find somewhere to stay, so that you've got lodgings. But you know, it's, it's just name me him. It's a little after midday. Midday. It's going to take you about an hour to get to that temple. It's a long walk. And then it'll probably be, it'll probably be like half an hour to an hour in the actual temple itself, then an hour back to find a place of accommodation. So. Well, depends on. Uh, I will pass that on to my party. Depends on what you stumble across on your journey through the, through the surrounding areas. I say we go to the temple. We go and explore, let you have ease of mind, get that out of the way now. By the time we get done, we will be able to come back and it will be close, if not already dark. We can go find us an inn immediately afterwards, get us a couple of drinks for a long journey, and go and get some sleep and then settle our matters at, uh, tomorrow. session, you guys okay with that? I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep. Fine with me. Fine with me. Back in session. <clears throat> okay. So, um, um, yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> I was, uh, this whole conversation has been whilst you've been, whilst you've been walking. So you're walking and talking, essentially, at this point. During this whole time, you've seen a whole different spattering of people coming and going around this place. You've seen people that carry themselves in various different ways. You've got your typical civilians, you know, elves, halflings, gnomes, dwarves, humans, dragonborns. Uh, you've got a couple of tabaxi. You've got maybe one or two leonins that are scattered around the hundreds of people that you guys are, you guys are seeing during your your walk and talk a lot of them are dressed in just standard civvy clothes you know cloth normal shirts jackets trousers pants whatever you want to call them you do pick out a couple of individuals though amongst the crowds that seem to depict that they are either monks you know with shaven heads monk robes very simplistic design uh, very modest in their appearance and very stoic and uh, I wouldn't say non-emotive in their facial expression but very calm and serene in the way that they carry themselves. You also see a couple of individuals that are carrying arms fulls of scrolls. Gives you the vibes that they're more of an academic person whether they be clerics or whether they be um students of various different orders that uh, operate in and around the theocracy the overall vibe is everybody is happy 
Everybody is just mingling with each other. This is a place of diversity where people come and go every single time and every single day. And everybody just sort of accepts everyone for who they are and greets everybody. You see people who outwardly appear to be complete strangers just nodding to each other, waving to each other, sat on benches and uh, at the sides of the path just chatting away. You see families of moms, dads and children just walking around, kids running around the place, you know, laughing happily, chasing kites and sticks and has what's the name of the it's like a little it's you've got a stick and you're like chasing a, a wheel like a little ring across the ground you see kids playing with that it's it's a happy place the road leads around to the, the left hand side and you begin to go through this first chasm of a, a causeway that goes deep through the heart of this first mountain uh mountainside that you guys are coming up on as you come out the other end, it opens up and it looks more like a civilization now rather than just a, a generic entryway into the region. You start seeing buildings, you start seeing what appears to be a small marketplace. There's there's homes, homes that are embedded. You know, you're seeing the front ends, the front faces, doors, windows, balconies, canopies that are actually built into the front facing of the rocks so the homes are actually embedded in the stonework you're seeing this these front facings covering the the gargantuan rock faces you look around and you get a sense that there could be three four hundred people that live in this district alone again it's peaceful and as you're making your way you get about maybe 200 feet and out of nowhere you see this small gnomish female just barrel into the side of Zarus's horse, not looking where she was going. She drops a, a whole bunch of uh, groceries and books, and you see she she sort of catches herself, stops herself from falling to the falling to the ground, looks up, and she goes, "Oh, Mister, I'm 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 terribly sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to I didn't mean to run into you. I didn't. Uh, it's my bad. I, I wasn't looking where I was going. I'm I'm terribly sorry." Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You see, she she bends down, she starts picking up all the stuff. You see, she's got a couple of bread rolls, she's got a couple of uh, handfuls of potatoes, she's got um, just general groceries, and she starts picking up her books and her scrolls and stuff like that. You see her now; she's dressed in uh, just a sort of like a sandy colored shirt. She's got her hair tied back into a short bun. She's got a pair of spectacles on, uh, dressed in. What looks to be like hand-me-down trousers and these simple uh, leather shoes that she's got. She's 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 not she's not got like fancy clothing, but she looks as though she's she's put effort into the way that she looks. And she she picks everything up and she just gives you a very brief nod and scuttles away quite quietly. You 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 track her with your eyes, Zara. So she makes her way from left to right, and about twenty feet on, you see her uh, regroup with a small group of uh, people that you can assume to be her family, and you see this short, stout male, quite broad shoulders, a little heavy set, sh short, scraggly beard, very short, almost buzz cut black hair. He's sort of like got his hands on her shoulders, just sort of like gently holding her, and he's just making sure she's okay. She's just nodding and she looks over in your direction. She looks through the crowd to use Iris and just holds her hands up and almost gives a gesture of a very silent, like, 
apology. And then you see the, the four of them just sort of catch themselves and make their way through the crowd. You guys continue walking through. And if you guys want to stop and like investigate anything or, you know, look into anything that's here, just let me know. Just I feel would like to do something. Okay. Uh, it's not like a <clears throat> big thing, but... Uh... I would like to roll a history check on the, if I have any memory of this similar sort of setting. I know at the entrance of the place it was different. However, as I'm doing this roll, um, Alara's having a tiny, tiny flashback, but a, a tear comes out, but I, the main point is I want to do a history check mm -hmm. if Alara recognizes area. Yeah, so I will roll out just now. Da -da 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 -da. Should be coming through any minute now. That's a 12. But her head is hurting a bit, so that would be sort of a disadvantage, and then the tear and the flashback, and yeah. Hold up. I, I, me, hold up. Give me a second. Oh, okay. Oh, I've not messed things up for you. There. No, 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 no. I had to. I had to open my door. It was getting really fucking warm in this room. Holy shit. Uh, ah. Okay. So with a twelve, uh, looking around, seeing if you can recognize the sort of like the general terrain and stuff like that. There's a very, very, very light resemblance to Darktoe and how you arrived there. You know, the whole front-facing, uh, the front-facing side of the the cliffs as you arrived there. Uh, getting off of Tygen's ship, you you recall the massive stairwell that led up to gra to ground level uh, at the, at the top of the cliff level. And you see, like there were buildings that were sort of protruding through the front face of that cliffside. That sort of that harkens back to you there. Um, but the like you you remember Dark Soul? The vibe was seedy. It was grimy. It was grungy. It was. It was it was a scumbag city. This is the complete and total opposite. Um, that's the only that's the only sort of like semblance that you're getting though in terms of familiarity is just the general layout of the terrain and how it very lightly resembles what you saw in Darktoe. Okay. As you guys push forward, you begin noticing that the the clusters of these buildings becomes more and more frequent. Again, giving you the sense that there's a, a very large chunk of the population that lives and resides here. There's also a couple of buildings that looks to be like schools, whether it be for younger uh, students or kids or early adolescents. You're not entirely sure, but you start seeing what looks to be playgrounds. There's kids, you know, running around, playing games, you know, hanging out, just, you know, being supervised by adults. There, there definitely is a, uh, a neighborhood-esque feel to this location. Again, you push on for another 10 to 15 minutes and you sort of come out the other side. You, come, you start exiting that, that sort of location and it gets a little quieter and it converges back onto this path that sort of twists away from the mountain and starts stemming a little more off the beaten path. It leads you on for another five ten minutes and this path is covered in vines it's covered in low-hanging ivy 
just foliage dripping off it, almost like candle wax. You follow it on, you follow it on, and Alara, you do event all three of you eventually. Uh, you all bleh, sorry, I cannot words today. Holy shit! Uh, Alara, the temple that you saw before starts to loom around the corner into your vision, and it's it's above the cloud line. So you guys are you guys are have been ascending this entire time it's suspended by what appears to be thick thick columns of rock that connect to the various portions of the mountainside the temple itself is actually three stories high with a simple stone bridge acting as the main entry path and on either side of the building Larry, you get a better look at the 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 stonework that hangs off almost in that formation of the wings you see the blackened stone that makes it up naturally eroded to the point where it does have that sort of layered effect with the feathers of a, a raven or a crow but is it that deformed where where Alara couldn't be able to tell what it is no 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 like you you, you you're far enough away from it where you can see it full perspective you see both sides of the temple and the stonework that's cascading off of it, it no genuinely... i meant more as in does it actually appear to be a raven or is that or is it that eroded that it doesn't look like what like look like one at all it does okay so it doesn't look as though the stonework is originally designed to look like a raven but natural erosion has just sort of given it that that appearance in fact i'm going to pull up the image in roll 20 of like the the very base generic uh layout that i gave this temple So, in in the image that you guys are, are looking at in Roll20, the chains that come off the sides of uh, the building, that's that's replaced by the stonework. And it's given that sort of cascading effect, that natural curvature of bird's wings that come off either side. So, as you reach the, the start of the bridge that leads to the main, to, uh, the main building of the temple, on either side of the bridge, on either side of the pathway, there are a series of uh there's a series of statues depicting different forms of the matron of ravens Ilara, you see the form that she normally takes when she approaches you and when she communes with you you see this tall elegant slender woman draped in a cloak of feathers with a porcelain mask on long i'm gonna add something if you'll let me dm with explanation yep. uh, in pain Although I've had very pleasant conversations with uh, the Raven Queen, Elera starts shaking a bit. Not like she's not trying to hide it though, so it would be noticeable if you're to look. But she starts shaking because of the familiar, familiar, uh, uh, familiarity of it. Okay. Because she's never sort of seen anything that the Raven Queen's done in that aspect, so she is just shaking a lot. So I'm sorry to interrupt you there. No, just no, no, you're fine. To add a little thing. <laughs> I rolled a nineteen on perception to see if I could see this shaking. Uh, I mean, she wasn't trying to hide it, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but if you're shaking a little bit, it's whether or not Anon would notice. Yeah, you, you notice Anon. I'm going to hold your hand. Oh. And, like, comfort. What the... F heck are you doing? Um, I 
I think this is comfort. You know, because um, you're shaking a bit. I didn't, didn't, didn't notice. Yep. As you reach, as you reach about halfway across the footpath of the bridge, Larry, look at the top story of the the temple. The rooftops that are constructed of what looks like a combination of stone and wood, and it's at this point that you didn't pick up on on pick up on it at first, but you see it now. There is what appears to be a very very large, almost a. At first glance, you could say from wing, like the wingspan of this creature, it's probably about 15, maybe 16 feet from tip to tip. It's a stone raven, entirely made of stone, wings outstretched at a 45 degree angle, and it's just soaring in a circle patrol above the roof of the temple, never flapping. Wings never moving. It's it's arcanely just circling the top of the temple. And by the time that it comes to face the, the path that you're walking on, you notice these glowing yellow crystalline eyes deep set into the face of this blackened stone raven. And rather than the... Rather than the intimidating form that most people would look upon this as it doesn't have that effect on you it's not intimidating in the slightest it's it just adds to that familiarity that you feel it's almost like it's a immensely larger form of Hugin and Moonin just patrolling around the top about 15 to 20, maybe 25 feet above the rooftop of the temple. Just at a 45 degree angle, swooping in a constant circle. Guys? Yeah? I know we've got stuff to do. You think this is the place? And I don't and I, mean the place, I mean the, you know, place. If this is the place I'm meant to be, would you say it's early? Repeat that, you're a robo. Oh, sorry, I might be when I was, I was trying to sort of do the sort of shaking and speaking sort of things, so I sort of messed up there. So, as she was shaking, she was saying, do you guys think this is... You know, the place and not, not the place, but the place. And if so, I know we've got stuff to do, but would you say it's early if it is the place? Darius, I know my queen spoke to you. Anon told me. Okay, so out of character, mm -hmm. uh, can you can you remind me 
of what you're asking because I'm I'm not yeah, understanding no, I, the question. question no, so. it, it, it was really meant to kind of come across that way because of the shakes and sort of I was I kept I was actually shaking myself trying to <laughs> do things. So um, essentially, Elera is thinking: Is this the temple that you and Anon were told to escort Elera to? And and that she knows that because Anon told Elera uh, about you know Raven Queen spoke to bring her to a temple in theocracy. So she's like, do you think this is the place? And if it is, I know we've got stuff to do, but would you say it's early? Or would it be more a case of when the time's sort of tight, when the time's ready, it'll happen, whatever kind of thing? Is essentially what she's trying to get at. Okay, so... It's more just for re reassurance and comfort, really, is what she's looking for. <laughs> um... And again, this is all new to her. You got to remember, so she's never been in these places. Like, oh, it's not even that. I think it's the fact that we don't even know which temple that we were supposed to take you to. We were just told to bring you here, and that you yeah, would just know. Yeah. You would just know. Yeah. In the back of Elera's mind, she is calm, but bearing in mind this is all still you, her, like doing it for her benefit. She's done it like for jobs. Going to go into temples and you know killing folk, but she'd never done it for something to actually benefit her. So she's just more thinking. Do you think this could be a place? Kind of thing. But as I said, she she doesn't know what to expect or what to hear or what you guys think. So, Ozaris well, is going to tell you in character that exactly what I just said out of character. We okay. don't know because <laughs> like. We were just told to bring you here, and that you would just know where to go. So, if this is what you feel is the, the area where you're supposed to go, then this is it. But, that's what she said, was that you would know where to go. All we had to do was take you here. Alara stops shaking a bit. Deep breath in. Breath out. I squeeze your hand. I'm just here to ask no more than three questions and get some shiny new upgrades on all my weapons. And to be calm when I leave here. Anything else happens? Fuck it. I doubt it will. Call it paranoia. That's Ian. What's the time just now? Uh, it's probably about just after one in the afternoon. It's it's taking you guys about an hour to get here. We can't be here long anyway because we need to find a place. Not long. Um, let me let me rephrase that whole bit. Um, we still need to find a place. So. I, I, I have time. Uh, words. Um, deep breath in, deep breath out again. Do we just, do I just, do I, no, no, I, we, do I, no, we, do I, 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 no, do we just walk in or do we knock? We just walk in the door. Just like that. 
Just like that. Okay. You're gonna be fine. It's only for a bit of knowledge and understanding anyway, but it's the worst that can happen. I'm, I'm really gonna have to keep her in check. And she's saying that about herself. Um, and Alera slowly starts to walk there. Okay. You come to about the three-quarter mark on the pathway. You're about 20 feet away from the door. When you hear this thump, you look up and the raven that's been circling now sits perched on top of the, the, the rooftop. Wings tucked in, eyes level, just looking out across the horizon. But one once you saw, just moments ago, those eyes being glowing yellow, bright as the sun. There's no light or color to them. They're just dim. Normally, Alara's instinct would be something changed like that would be to get her weapon ready. However, because she's this whole place, she's felt calm. She doesn't do that. And she just looks back at the eyes that have changed color and she's like, Hello? This raven's like, it's, its head is like perfectly level. It's not looking at you, it's just looking out. As you approach the front door, you realize that there isn't a door. It's just an archway that leads in. And the temple is this large, open mixture of stone floors. You see patches of marble, granite, sandstone, all natural stones just mingling in together, one and the same, in just this pattern that twists and turns and circles and swirls. And the entry room is filled with stone columns that support the ceiling. Rows of about maybe five or ten, and there's like three rows each. And there's prayer mats all over the, the floor, spaced out evenly. Walking, pacing the entire span of the first floor, you see this female Aarakocra, bleach white feathers with coal eyes, dressed in a feathered mantle and cloak that just rings of lavish and exquisiteness. This is some of the, this is a beautiful dress piece and you're the, the entire body language of this Aarakocra is that she is just watching over those who reside in the temple, watching over their prayer, making sure that everybody is tended to. You see a handful of clerics sort of silently and quietly just walking around the, the temple floor, making sure candles are still lit, um, retrieving uh, offerings from the, the small dishes that are spaced out along the, the four different walls, tending to people who need assistance. So, as is the case with the entirety of this session, I'm leaving everything that happens entirely in all of your hands. What are people leaving as offerings? 
Uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Four. I have no idea. At first glance, a, a, the offerings just seem to be knickknacks to you. How far is this uh, person? She's about 20 feet, a little bit off to your right-hand side. Alera is going to slowly walk towards him, but not trying to be quiet. She's just going to slowly walk so she can be heard. And she's going to be like, hey, excuse me. You watch, you see the hour, you see the, uh, the hour cockroach slowly turn her attention in your, in your direction. Yes. I, I apologize for disturbing you. Um, before I even begin to start asking things and whatnot, I would like to try and demonstrate something to you, if you would permit it. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. Oh, that's not what, that's not the dice I meant to roll. Persuasion, you say, yeah? Yep, DC 11. Okay. Uh, persuasion is one of the good ones here. That's a 17. Beautiful. You see, she tucks her hands behind her back, like, in behind her mantle, so she's got this very gentle, but still holds a, an authoritative presence in her stance you see now that she has got little speckles of gray black and brown at the uh, tips of all of her feathers it just and just to be silly what species did you say they were she is an aracocra so she is a bird person just wanted to double check that one you see as she sort of shifts her posture towards you she sort of uprights herself she sort of rocks her shoulders ever so slightly back and says of course I have all the time in the world for those that come to see the matron what you were going to see Anon and Zaris, Elera's going to kneel she is going to take her rapier out put it in front of her and then the ring with the the ring of ravens she's going to summon Hugin, Hunan and Moonin okay. to just sort of perch themselves next to her and Elera is just going to say it's probably going to make no sense but, or be a bit random my name is Elera Adaragon I have lived a very violent life I was killed the matron of ravens resurrected me and she has been, she has given me, she's granted me the task of taking down a very, very powerful deity. I have never, until I was, even after resurrection, I didn't directly speak to my queen. And only within the past couple of months have we had proper conversations I am I have been sent on a trial of sorts and I've never yes I have spoken to her quite a few times however and Alera is just 
she's not going to cry, but she's going to sound like she is. But she's not crying. However, I... Despite talking to her a lot, I've never been in a temple of hers. I would like to, since arriving in the theocracy, I have felt nothing but calm, which is very unrealistic to me, very uncommon. So I'm here, not just as to do what she's asked, but I would like to understand more about her and about her people, a little bit about me and how this all works. I don't expect you to believe, but this is the evidence I have. The teethling and the other drow you see before you are my closest friends and... No, they're not friends, they're family. Everyth anything that you feel you need to say to me, they... I feel it right that they also know. Right now, I'm conflicted between two people. The violent life I led, to the child I was, and a third one of who I meant to be now. I hope you forgive me for this. Nothing short of rude entry. But I hope that you can forgive me at least and even give me a little bit of help in understanding this. <laughs> and Alera sort of puts her head down. She's still in the kneeling position, but she just puts her head down. As you, as you finish talking, <laughs> as you're kneeling there saying all of this to her, you catch a glimpse of a hand protruding from the wings and you feel this gentle touch on your chin she lifts her head up slightly and you see looking up at her now there's still that authoritative stance she still commands a position here but she's gentle she is welcoming she is kind at least outwardly you feel the, the touch become slightly heavier as she lifts you up to your feet. Elera is going to just very quietly say, but it, it's not going to be Zaris Anon and the, the lady will still hear this. This was the same feeling I felt when I was born again. This feeling. <laughs> she looks to you and says, Come, walk with me. I would like to add, could, and, and also, just put out there, may my family please come with me. Of course. <laughs> the matron has no reason to exclude them from your journey. And as Alara said this about the family thing, she has not looked at the, the two of you at all as she said this. But she still knows you're there, but she has not looked back after saying this. He watches, she she takes a second to look at you and then looks past you to Anna and Alara and says, Well, 
Since you have introduced yourself, allow me to do the same. My name is Shadarkai Markran, and I am the Oracle here at the Raven's Nest. Come, walk with me. It feels as though you have a lot of questions that need answered. Hopefully, your journey here was not in vain, and they can be answered. However, many that seek enlightenment and knowledge, both personal, spiritual, and generic, often find that the answers need to be found within themselves. From what little you have told me, miss, you have already stumbled across some of those answers already. You have accepted who you are. You've accepted who you have been, but are still torn as to who you need to be. You watch as she starts to lead you around the perimeter walls of this open plan square, uh, square temple floor. Uh, Zara seems to be having discord problems. Zyrus, can you hear us? Uh, I can now. Okay. Yeah, like I, like the last minute and a half to two minutes was nothing but robo and then silence. Have you updated Discord? I can't hear you. Have you updated Discord? Alright, sorry listeners, uh, technological problems are just very quickly uh, sorted out there. So, like I was saying, um, she begins to lead you guys around the perimeter walls of the, the temple floor, which as she's guiding you, you see are covered in paintings, murals, tapestries. There's tables that have got candles on them, little offering dishes, little... Um, Little candlesticks that holds, you know, somewhat similar fist-sized gems. There's, there's trinkets and niceties dotted around the place. The offering bowls seem to be about half full. You get the sense that enough people come here to to make offerings and do so at a rate that keep this that keep these offering bowls somewhat full. And there's a consistency to what the offerings are. They're tiny little scraps of parchment that appear to be rolled up and tied with a piece of string. So, Shadow, Shadow Kai Markram begins to lead you along. And she she's side by side with you, Alara. And she looks to you, she looks to you and says, "Please enlighten me. You spoke of a journey and a trial." Before I add more detail onto this, Akra, um, does whatever is disclosed here stay here? Like it will not leave the temple? Of course, the sanctity of privacy is always upheld within the matron's walls. Any... So, 
I was a brutal bounty hunter in my early days, ever since I was a child. You know, doing what you do to survive. And that led to a certain name being said. And that name stuck with me. Still does in a way. That name haunts me. The things that I did under that name scares me when I look back on it. The things I have done. But there was one point when in the middle of all that like slap bang in the middle. It was a really wet night and just had very, very minimal change on me. I went into a tavern. I remember taking a drink. Next thing I remember, wake, uh, vaguely lying in a ditch. And you just normally put that to the alcohol. But there was a voice. Live. Live. I didn't know who that voice was. So... You know, you're... Uh, performing contracts. Killing, you can just survive, and then you end up... Impaired with a teethling and another dry. And... Apparently you did a mission, but you don't remember that first mission because all you, all I remember is waking up in a grave with a dagger in my chest. Same with Zaris thing and Anna on the drag. They also had a dagger in their chest. Now that note is very... I do my best to remember, but that note is very sort of vague and that note did not last long. It was gone the minute the dagger sort of came out of us. So we just did general... Three of us, just a general, you know, bounties. We took down a crazed fucking maniac who was actually in, we think was, well, we know was quite closely tied with uh, a lawmaster. Yeah. So, that little lawmaster. Yeah, yeah, you guys forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to explain in proper details, but it has been a very long few months. It's felt more like years. So, with that, Zaris had pointed out about my god and how I, my, my, my deity who I never spoke to them. Because, frankly, I only saw that as a dream, but we'll skip forward a bit more. We did a couple more asks. Got quite close with a, with a councilman up there. After those jobs, I spoke to her, or more like she spoke to me, and it wasn't a pleasant start. And I don't know whether you'll believe me when I say this, but we have more of a. I just say it's not it's going to make perfect sense. I don't speak to her as a god, and she doesn't speak to me as a child. It's more just uh, people who know one another. And so 
skip forward a couple more months. We, we go from dark to we go to jungles, we go to other things. We also managed to end up as crown uh, agents of the crown to the capital. Uh, Amdale, this is the top of my head, DM, right? Mm-hmm. Or I say the wrong name, yeah. We end up as agents of the crown in Amdale. And we have a bit of a name there. We took down a very corrupt money stealing, but no, I'm not going to say that. Not here. So this person we took down, we took him to taken to court. We had to give statements, as you would. In front of all the, the higher-ups there and the crowd and prove that, you know, we weren't just saying the stuff that we actually had the evidence when we were in his place of residence and passed with taking him down and right after that, uh, that that court case despite me having many common conversations with Anna Raven she spoke to Zaris and Anon and was told that I was to be escorted to a temple in the theocracy. It was time for me to progress, not progress, uh, ascend. And I, I have missed out a lot and a lot details. I'm very trying to, I'm trying to put this because we're walking. I'm trying to just put this in Layman's terms, not, not layman's terms. Alera, get a hold of yourself. I'm trying to make this just sort of not as long-winded. So... Because I've never been to a temple and I'm, because I've only spoken to her in a sort of common, friendly way. She does have me on a trial of sorts as to ascend or to realise who I am or... And when... When we arrived in the Theocracy, all it took was me to see what looked like a wing of a raven, and I felt calm. Now, from what I briefly told you about who I was, or sorry, what I did, being calm is something that has never happened to me. But there's one more thing, actually, I did forget to mention. I was approached by a... We'll just say a creature of sorts. And it's now that Alera turns to Anon and Zaris. And she's like, I'm going to show her. And Alera holds the diamond very tightly in front of her. This and and obviously I just want to say I'm not saying Lowell's name. Mm-hmm. Because out of their species kind. A creature that knew of me, and also knew of the Matron Ravens, said, when the time is right, I would have to make a wish. And they handed me this diamond. She, the time. she extends a, a hand, almost as though she's requesting to take a look at it. Elera does hold the diamond back briefly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I... Will I get this back? 
Of course. So Elera, still quite tightly holding on to the diamond, very gingerly passes it to her. You see she takes a second, holds it between her her thumb, her index finger, and her middle finger, and she sort of looks it over, looking at the clarity, the cut, the size. And then she begins to look a little closer, and you see that she's looking for finer details. You see her eyes shift in color to this rose petal gold, or this rose petal, rose goldish color. She examines it for about 10 seconds. I actually have to roll for this as well. Okay. She looks at it, she looks over and hands it back to you and says, while I'm unfamiliar with the exact enchantment that has been placed upon this jewel, I cannot deny that it is strong. And I will not deny that wielding or having something of this kind in your possession carries a great deal of responsibility. Someone trusts you. Trusts you enough in order to give you the ability to alter or change certain aspects of reality. And gives you the trust that they hold within their heart to make sure that you do it for whether it's your own good or the good of others. You've spoken of how the queen holds you within a regard that forgives me, forgive me for saying, sounds atypical to how she often communes with those that walk in her name. At first, she was what you would expect an almighty deity. But because of my background, it was more a request to speak to me, not as an equal, but as person and the reason I gave her was because of the bounty hunters you need to know you can trust who you speak to and the high authority ones sometimes aren't trustworthy so if it was more common talk to put it weirdly it would make me feel so much relieved and I really was not expecting her to follow through with this and to be honest until today I forgot she did that for me I forgot she she did something different that you wouldn't normally expect a day to do for someone and I forgot that she did that for me it sounds almost as though you hold the matron's favor there are me I out of the scores of people that walk these lands and the lands beyond that follow the Matron of Ravens, I don't think I've ever met someone who holds in such high regard the favor of the Matron of Ravens, of our queen, of the one who bestows upon us second chances, 
and allows us to carry her name across the plains. Make no mistake, carrying the mere name and worshipping the Raven Queen is no small feat. Not anyone can simply call themselves a follower. Not anyone can simply become a member of her flock. She picks out those that she deems worthy and those that she deems as being in need of her assistance. But 99 times out of 100, they never make it further than visiting a temple maybe once in their lifetime. I've seen scores of people walk through these doors and sit on these prayer mats and utter empty words. Words that they feel will buy themselves passage into the realms of the divine once they leave this mortal coil. Would you allow me to experience something? Before you do, why don't you make an offering? Because this is my first time in the temple for my benefit. What offering would need to be given? Would it be blood? Would it be magical items? I, I'm sorry, I sound crude. I sound unprofessional. I, I'm what would need to be offered. Offerings can come in many forms. They can be information, secrets, or just a display of honesty. How detailed does a secret need to be? As detailed as you are willing to give. And I don't know if you heard the sort of the sigh there, but yeah. it has a really sort of deep sigh. And <laughs> this, I, I know you've already said this, it's just call it paranoia, and just for clarification. The secret I tell you would be kept in this temple or amongst the matron's followers that wouldn't get like out. You see as she reaches over to her side, picks up a uh, page of parchment, tears the corner off, and then gives you a small, roughly four inch long, pointed edged stick of charcoal and says, simply write what you wish on the parchment, fold it up and place it in the bowl. Pieces, the pieces are gathered at dawn and burned <laughs> to ensure that no one other than you knows what has been said. Not I, not your family, no one will know what you have written. Out of session, DM, and this, you'll probably know two points I'm getting at here. Uh-huh. These secrets, is there any way that instead of written, it could be visualized? Or is that a big no-go here? You would have to roll a performance check to see how well you can 
visually depict what it is that you're trying to portray if you want to go down that route then sure i'll i'll allow it basically it would be to give a sort of vision of a secret in a sense where those close to alera would probably see it i mean Okay, so just, just because the secrets may be burned, so I probably wouldn't work thinking about it. No, now. no, no. So just because the oracle <laughs> has said that they're they're burned every morning at dawn doesn't mean that it's a strict rule that nobody gets to see it. You can choose. Yeah. You can choose to show Anon and Zaris if you want to. You can if choose. I, if I got a if I got a successful performance roll, would you allow me to do the thing? You're being very vague about what the thing is, but... <laughs> they say that resolved in you saying, get out of my head. Hmm. If that's a no-go, that's fine. I've, I've got... I've, I've got I'm gonna... Off anyway, quite no, strongly. I'm, I'm, go I'm gonna say no to that one. Then that is all I needed to hear. Okay, so... <laughs> so if you... If you can still... You can still, like, give a visual representation for the secret or the knowledge that you want to portray. The DC will be 12. I'm trying something out here, listeners. I'm rolling for the DCs here. I'm 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 testing it to see how it goes. And so far it's going okay. Well, if I'm not doing the visual one, we can do another visual one then. Um so far it's it's worked out okay. It's it's not a it's not a method that I've seen a lot of DMs using because I'll be quite frankly honest, I'm not really the greatest at coming up with a DC. I mean, I can give like, I, I, I understand the like different levels of difficulty and stuff like that, but I don't know, there's something chaotic about the random roll of a dice. Actually, here's a counter thought. Seek a third option. Would you allow me to quickly DM you? Uh, Sure. Anon, Zaris, go ahead and, uh, yeah. go ahead and describe what you're doing whilst, uh, Markran and Elara are having their conversation. Put it simply, watching. Okay. Yeah. Are you just watching the two of them, or are you watching the surroundings in general? I think Anon's kind of taking a look around. She's nosy. Okay, go ahead and make a perception check then. I'm probably going to say the opposite. Um, I'll probably... Is there like a pew or something that I could sit in? Yeah, there's there's a bench sort of along this back wall that you guys are stood at if you want to sit there. Yeah, I think that what Zaris is going to do is just kind of chill for a bit because this is not like his place his time or anything like that this is all on alara yeah you're taking a so, load off yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of just chill out and take a load off relax a little bit and then just keep an eye on anon and alara and just make sure that you know they're they're good and just let them do what they need to do essentially Anon coming in with the nat 20 on the perception check for a total of 22. That's beautiful. Um, Anon, you... You're... You're a perceptive person by nature. Comes with the territory of... 
all the time that you've spent in Vardor, you you're always looking, you're always scanning your surroundings, you're always listening for the faintest traces of conversations. It, you're you're cautious. You're extremely cautious. So as the Oracle and Elara are having this conversation, you can pick up on whispers dotted around the temple floor. People praying. You see about halfway across the third column of prayer mats, there is a young amethyst dragonborn dressed in tattered clothes, uh, very run down, not exactly the, the most healthy of builds, on, on borderline malnourished. You catch a, a snippet of his prayer asking the matron of raven to give him the knowledge on how to improve his uh on how to improve his situation what does he need to do what does he need to change what does he need to be how does he how does he need to adapt himself and become a better person so he can pull himself out of this rut that he's in you also see that there are two clerics uh at the front right corner as you go through to the from the perspective of going through the the temple door so as you meet like as you come through the door immediately off to the right in the corner of the temple floor there are two cladics one is a female halfling one is a male tabaxi both dressed in modest robes just conversing about generic day-to-day -day life you know they're discussing chores that need to be done within the temple before they leave. The tabaxi's talking about plans that he's got with his family. That they're going out for dinner. The halfling is tired. She sounds run down. You also notice that Oracle Markrin's body posture has softened dramatically the more that she's talking to Alara. At first, where she was this very stoic, very commanding presence, there's still a trace of that life she's still very much holding her authority but she is actively trying to make sure that she gives alara the most welcoming presence that she can in order to make her feel calm make her feel at ease make her feel welcome here in the temple like she's she's catering it's almost like she can tell exactly what alara's state of mind is and she's she is adapting herself and with a nat 20, I'll say that you get the sense that the way she's adapting herself is atypical to how she usually holds herself. She's adopting a personality that's not natural for her. She's being, it's, it's deliberate that she is being this nice and sympathetic and understanding. But you see that she is deliberately trying her hardest to not make Alara have a fucking panic attack in here <laughs> is what essentially you get. Okay, uh, I'm just looking over what Alara sent me. Would that technically class as one? Or does that give away too much? Okay, you wouldn't be able to manifest a vision. It would be you would be drawing a depiction on this parchment of a secret 
So it would just be written out the no 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 vision wave then of just like a quick snap 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 kind of thing. Basically, the offering of a secret is something that no one else apart from you knows. Or you know, but that one starts out of the gutter. So um, <laughs> in that case, then Elaris is going. I I can't do that one, but my life. Despite me saying that if I was to die, then I would at least want to do it for a cause. I still value my life and my second chance ever since that resurrection. I've just been trying to throw my life away. So, what? because my life is so precious to me, How far away is Zarus from Alera at this point? About 15 feet. And Zarus, you still have the vial Alera gave you before we, right before we got to the Theoxyl, correct? The... The blood vial. The, I mean, yeah. You've still got that. Good. <laughs> How about my blood? However... Would there be a, if it was for my blood, would there be a place further away, not out of, uh, out away from one, I'm not going to say which one, but one of my party members, just a place where I could go into a room and give the blood, because certain bloods change this individual, and out of respect for them, if it was for my blood, and yeah, it is for my blood, and I, I, it's sacred to me and it's to do my second life. But I would like to give this blood, knowing that it would only just be you and myself. Give, I, I, I give the blood and then walk out, and my my friends and my family would still be okay. Go ahead and roll a persuasion. Yes. Go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Persuasion, you say? Yes, because this is this is you offering something that was not That's a twelve. That's not a good roll. <laughs> so it's a twelve. The oracle, the oracle turns and faces you dead on. She says, "Such offerings are unnecessary. They're not generally given here. It's information that the matron seeks." Yes. Sorry, I'm just asking you. Don't apologize. Everyone's spiritual journey begins somewhere, and it's admirable that you have embarked on yours in such a short span of time can i interrupt here sure um anon writes something on a bit of parchment and kind of hands it to Lair and go use this instead Lair reads the, uh, no, no you don't read it no i don't read it <laughs> and then you go to read it and like anon's like no Anon. it's a secret Anon, I need you to DM me what it is that you write. Anon, that's right. Lara's going to look at Anon. It's like, this has got to be an individual. And then looks at the mark on. It's like, correct me if I'm wrong, but this needs to be a personal secret. If I'm holding someone else's secret, surely that does not class as offering because that's not special to me. Secrets, and, are, and then, secrets like, are secrets. 
Matron will accept them no matter where they come from. Hold on, I just need to find something. Oh, you're fine. She looks, you know at, you, she looks at you, Larry, and says, What is it? Fundamentally and definitively that you seek to gain from your journey coming here. Knowledge, essentially, and why I'm so calm in a manner of speaking here, and who the raven was in the beginning, and... This is all just one sort of statement, she's actually not asking it as a question, in a way, but yeah, she's... Yeah. Uh, she... You know what? Bef um, before before I put my sister's secret here, I will um put one secret. Although the secret probably won't be a secret for much longer, if that would be allowed. She smiles and nods again. If you're giving a secret, I'll need you to DM me what you're saying. <laughs> so the reason. The reason that you guys are DMing me this information is so that I can weigh the potency of the knowledge against the role that uh, Oracle Markwin will have to make. So, I've got Anons. Okay. Nearly finished, nearly finished my own DM. Now you're uh, fine. You're not, you, know, you, are, you are absolutely fine. Whilst you're whilst you're typing that area, Lara, what I will say is the Oracle looks to you and says Again, I find myself coming back to the a tangent that you relayed when you arrived, in that being of a trial. I will confess I know of which you speak. Elara just looks in fear at her. I so know. This was... I know of the trial of what you have been tasked with. However, in order for you to embark on it, you need to hold an acceptance and clarity over one very simple prospect. Hold on. Okay. So that's both of the rolls done. Uh, she takes the she takes the scraps of parchment from both of you and places them in the offering bowl. Oh, my one technically counts in a way. <laughs> your one does count, yes. Um, Alara, she looks to you and says, "Before I can assess." anything whether you take this trial or not depends on how you answer this simple question do you hold even the smallest conceivable shred of doubt as to who you truly wish to be in life is there a single 
molecular level shred of yourself that doubts or is uncertain of who it is that you really need to be. I've been doubting myself for a very long time. And what happens in the what happens in the future that will be written? Who am I to say who can and can't live, who can and can't do this? So yes, I doubt who I think I need to be because I'm unsure, as anyone would be. We don't know what the future holds, but we just do what we can. It's probably not the, the answer you were probably expecting, but who I am? Delirious eyes. <laughs> I was the disemboweler. Who, of course, who I may or may not be in the end. It scares me, and that's why I doubt because I'm scared of the. I'm scared of it. I'm scared that whoever. I'm scared that no matter what I do, I will still be no be known as the disemboweler. I feel I always feel like I will never be known as a Lara. The thing is, I want to change it, and I doubt how it's going to happen. I doubt who I'm going to end up as. I doubt how it's even going to happen, but I want this change is all I know. I just want to do good. And are you willing to pay the ultimate price in order to ensure that that change resonates in the way that you want it to? Will you lay at the feet of our queen and give that last shred of yourself to her in order to change and be the person that you wish to be? Will you sacrifice everything? Will you sacrifice and cast out who you have been in the past in order to be the person that you so painstakingly strive for the world to see you as? There's a phrase that Zaris told me from the a long time ago. Magic always comes at a price. The Raven Queen, she she could have just let the disemboweler die as she was. She could have just let them go. And yet, Will it be for her gain, or just for her love, or her curiosity, or her interest, or what she sees in the future for us? Then... I owe this life to her as it is. And the thing is... You asked, would I pay the ultimate price? I would die in order to take down that son of a bitch, the Deceiver. So once that job is done, and I mean when that job is done, when we take that cunt down, then whatever Matron of Ravens has in store for me, 
maybe maybe this is the ultimate price. Maybe this is the task. Maybe this even is the main part of the trial is taking them down. So I owe this life to her, but I also owe my current life also to Anon and Zaris, who have helped me see who I actually am. And I've not properly seen her yet, but they seem to have. Those who matter will not mind, and those who mind will not matter. She looks to Zaris, that short 15 foot distance away, as you bring him up in that little speech. And as you mentioned that he's taught you that magic always comes with a price. She waits for you to finish speaking. She turns her attention back to you and says, Your friend is right. Magic always comes with a price. But the flip side of that is that the price that is paid in order to obtain that magic pales in comparison to the weight of the power that magic bestows upon those who wield it. The price is inconsequential to the weight that that magic bears upon our shoulders and you see as she shows a hand and conjures a small flicker of flame purple in color you watch as it flickers organically in the middle of the palm of her hand and almost like David Barry in the movie Labyrinth with the scene where he's uh, not juggling, but playing with the crystal ball, or, uh, switching it from side to side in his hand. She does the same with that flame, passing it between her fingers. And as this flame moves, you watch as it slowly, almost like breathing color, begins to shift from purple to violet, to blue, to red, to orange, to yellow, to green, to black, to white. It breathes every color of the spectrum. But you also notice that the tips of her fingers begin to blacken. Not through burning. It's almost like they're withering. Not drastically, but you just see this sort of the beginnings of decay at the very tips would, of her fingers. Would this be very similar to Dumbledore when he shows his sort of fingers in Half-Life Prince when they're just that sort of bony and that sort of deteriorating? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lever's gonna just... She's not gonna run towards... She's not gonna like dive in or anything. She's gonna say, are you okay? This is a weight that I have accepted very long time ago and it is used in order to de to demonstrate what I have just said magic comes at a price but the price is inconsequential to the weight that sits on our shoulders the weight of the effects that the arcane has on our physical form 
but also the weight of the power in terms of responsibility that we hold among society. Ilara, this trial can only be taken by one who has accepted the possibility that they will never return from it as the same person as when they started. You will come back an entirely different person if you come back at all. So I wouldn't be me anymore then? You will be you, but you will shed a great deal of who you are as much as you are willing to shed. Would I have my memories? Would they still be a part of me? If they are not given to the matron, then yes. But understand, if you succeed in this trial, you will be her champion. You will walk these continents as a higher member of her standing than I. You will take up what is currently a vacant seat in her hierarchy. And you will fill a void in the power gap that she holds on this plane. Before I ask my other question, I'd like to know how many people have... How many has she... How many potential champions has she had since the Blood War that never made it back from this? None. The Matron of Ravens has never had a Vardorian champion. Her sway over the realm that you currently reside in only manifested little more than a decade after that war. Out of the millions of people that walk these continents, maybe a few thousand walk in her name. But they need a champion. They need someone to rally them to the cause. They need someone to unify them in moments of disparity, of division. Do you have what it takes in order to fill that void? Would this help take that son of a bitch down for good? Would it mean he is gone for good? Typically a matron's champion is bestowed with powers that rival anything that any of her warlocks are ever given during their journey. She bestows upon them gifts that no one else is granted. Gifts that can only be utilized in the proper way by those who know how to utilize them. Would you allow my family to come closer? Of course. They would also have the opportunity to join you on this trial. And assist you. they too risk losing a part of themselves no it would just be me 
The trial is only given to those who follow the matron. And she looks to Anon and says, Forgive me, ma'am. But it is clear that you follow someone else. Yep. As for your friend, he's hard to read. Not able to pinpoint whether or not he holds any divinity in his heart. And if he does, I have no way of knowing who <laughs> it is related to. Though I would be curious as to learning, but that is information that he has to feel comfortable with sharing. On to the main point slash question slash point here. On our way to the theocracy, I promised someone I trust and hold in a very, very high respect to investigate something. If what you say is true and I lose myself, I'm worried that that promise I made to him will break. And he is who I see as not just a mentor, but a very strong ally. When I say, when I say that you will lose parts of who you are, these will be losses that will be voluntary. You will voluntarily shed and give up aspects of yourself that you feel hold you back and prevent you from being who you believe you need to be. It was what I choose to throw away, throw away not what is randomly taken from me. The matron, never, the matron never randomly takes. She merely accepts what is voluntarily given. This trial is about proving to her that you can change and be who you need to be. That you can accept your past. You can accept your flaws. And that you can fight through them. That you can push through the darkness in your heart and see the light, the clarity. Is there... <sighs> if Zaurus and Anon are going to be fine with me, and if I was to accept this, I mean, obviously, my matron, Ravens, you know, believes in me. Several other people seem to believe in me. And I've been choosing to, to not see what they see because of past. However, I would still like my brother and sister's thoughts this which is why i'd like them to, to be closer right now so anon as far okay correct me if i'm wrong i've been under the impression that anon is still side by side with you the only if, one that the only yeah. one the only one that is not uh 
directly by your side is Zyrus. But would you be hearing this after the... Or would you sort of be away from your shot? Uh, Zyrus, what's your passive perception? 13. Yeah, I'll be able to... Yeah, I'll, I'll say that you're able to, to make out the majority of this conversation. Yeah. I was still like... Yes, I want to change. I want to be a better person. Yes, that is true. It's what I do want. But I don't want my friends suffering at my gain. I don't want them... If this goes wrong, I don't make it, or I'm a completely different person. I don't want them to know that it was worthless. If I do this, I want to know that either A, if it goes horribly wrong, then I made a difference to benefit them, or B, that I am who I want to be. But if this hurts them in any way, shape or form, then I don't know, but two people charged with taking down the deceiver. I don't mean to fucking blow my own trumpet here, but I don't think they I don't think they cope by themselves. And they made it well known that they care about me, so. She cracks a very slight smile before saying, the bonds that tie the three of you are obvious. Your confidence could help you. Take the time you need before you decide whether or not to embark on this trial. You do not have to make that decision now. If you are here for an extended time, the Raven's Nest has its doors open to you, no matter the time of day. You look travel weary. It is fairly astute to say that you are in need of rest, both physical and mental. So until you are at peace with what this trial holds and the consequences that come alongside it, please take the time to reflect and weigh this, the pros and cons that this decision has, both for you and your family. The matron, the matron will always be here. I will be back after we've done what needs to be done in this continent. Whether it's yes or no, I will let you know. This offer of the trial is not indefinite. 
You're true. You were brought There's here. You've been brought here with with a timeline in mind. If the matron has told your friends to bring you here and present you to this trial, then the decision needs to be made whilst you are here. That's what I I I I, I apologize. I, I meant that we that I will be well, we will. That I, that we, that I, that we, that, that we will not, we will, <laughs> we'll be back because we know, we know, I, we know that I need to be here. So, will be here. But yes, you're right. We are exhausted. And we need to find a suitable place of to, to put her down our heads for a while. I just thank you. Um, I I know I probably asked too many questions and was just in a bit. Strange, but there is no such thing as too many questions. Only the correct number of questions that each individual needs to ask in order to seek the clarity that they require. Rest. Return to <laughs> return tomorrow. Maybe a night's rest will help you clarify the answer to the decision that you need to make. I thank you for your your time, your knowledge, insight, kindness, and the fact that you believe what I told you. And not many people would. You mentioned you were here on business. Might I inquire yeah. as to what that business is? You've been tasked by a trusted ally. For sake of them. Not them, I already said him. For him. <sighs> He's someone I respect a lot. Helped me in a lot more than he actually probably notices. I just not made it noticeable. To keep their area safe, I will not be disclosing who or what his name is or what he does. However, he's he has tasked me with investigating Oracle's apparently going mad. He watches her eyes widen ever so slightly. Her eyebrows furrow. So word has reached. It's hush hush and capital, but 
this individual trusts me and I trust him, so I told them I would look into it for him. After all, he they could have they could have done a lot worse to me in their earlier days, so I owe them that respect. But yes, he tasked me with inv investigating the oracles. We were now, you said that we're sorry, one. We were beginning to feel as though word had fallen on deaf ears. So, because it was very brief with them, what can you share about this? What can you help us with in this? You watch as she casts a glance across the uh the temple floor by this point a couple of people have left and it's somewhat quieter than what it used to be there have been speculations and whispers that the oracle of the temple of creation has been known to ramble prophecies prophecies that far extend beyond the scope of what they typically provide. Prophecies that make her sound as though she has lost her mind. As though she is not herself. You think controlled possession? Not entirely. If it's stuff about a potential blood war that is going to happen, then she'll be speaking truth. Is there any sort of unrealistic prophecies? That is not within my purview to say. So... Her control and her rank as Oracle has been temporarily stripped. Someone else has taken temporary control over that station until we can discern that she is of sound mind. Where does this lady stay? She lives within the temple. As all, all of the Oracles do. This is, a, this is a... No. Sorry to no. interrupt. Uh, creation. The Temple of Creation. The one attributed to the being known as the Deliverer. The one who is touted as having created the very grounds of which you stand on. What were the odds that we would be allowed an audience with her in her current state? That's not for me to say. But every temple is open to everyone. We do not discriminate as to who can and cannot enter the grounds. Would you be willing to inform us of their name? You'll find them yourself. Okay. 
before we go, is there anything else that we need to know before I come back tomorrow? Nothing more than I've already told you. Well, unless Zaros and I don't have anything else to ask you, or ask anything of you, then I will bid you a good day. Thank you for your time. You see Markrin nods. She gives a small cart, a slight courtesy to the three of you. Her eyes linger on Zyrus for a second. Zyrus, you feel the weight of someone not peering at you, but you've definitely got her attention. As you all set to exit the temple, she looks to you and says, Very few people catch my attention in such an intriguing and curious way. Had you chosen the matron, I feel as though you in particular would have plenty of knowledge in order to give her. I'm not trying to sway you. I'm merely saying that, that you appear to be someone who knows a great many things. Many things that perhaps an extremely minute percentage of the people in this world are privy to. And that alone makes the knowledge that you bear very, very potent and appealing. If I may, I can give you an easy answer. Ally yourself with the ones that worship the deity known as the Ice Queen. You want knowledge? Seek them out. She gives you a nod and says, very well. Hopefully, at some point in history, or in the future, our two scopes can become one. I get the sense that they both revolve around the same thing. The acquisition and provision of knowledge. Blessed be your journey, and fruitful be your teachings. Uh, I nod and then uh, return back to the group. Okay. So I'm going to let you guys RP out as you make your way back towards uh, the sort of like the, the settlement that you guys passed through in order to get to the temple. As that role is happening, I'm just going to say that uh, Elira is silent. Again. Not like aggressive or trying to hide anything because she knows everything's better in the open. She's fucking said how she feels about the party. She knows what's 
a sort of state there, what she has to do, but she is just silent. I'm going to forcefully break the silence. <laughs> you had no questions, but what did you learn? Alara's just gonna sort of laugh a little bit to herself. The magic comes at a price. <laughs> no, seriously, though, I. <laughs> uh, you trust me? I don't know. <laughs> and Alara's trying to make jokes of this now. She's she's not trying to be serious at this time. Knowing that probably Zarius. Knowing that Zarius? Knowing that Zarius probably is. You remember the deal that we had, right? Learn one thing, but it can't be a jokingly thing. Sorry, I wasn't going to expect this deal to go, this bet deal, whatever it was to even go through anyway, man. Oh, I knew it was going to be difficult before you. I even made the deal. And also, I asked more than three questions. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I meant to where that you asked me three questions. So you passed on that part. You didn't ask me anything. But I also told you to learn one serious thing, one, while you were there. Did you learn anything? The one thing I know is if I go for this thing and if I'm successful, then I lose part of myself. I know that. And others could be rambling off here. I also know that. Elaver is just. You know. A, a, a lot's gone there, Paris. Just. You've got a lot on your mind. But even though the conversation was not about me. And even though I already know this little bit of fact, I did relearn one thing that you should have picked up on. <laughs> Knowledge is power. Well, yeah, but... Your entire deity all from the moment secrets. of creation is on exactly that yes secrets knowledge wisdom gaining information through physical or mental ways <laughs> you have been struggling for a long time to find a power when it was right there underneath your very nose. And all you had to do <laughs> was learn. <laughs> Jeez. 
she wasn't wrong per se while i do very slightly disagree with what she said about as you jokingly made magic does always come with a price she said something to where that the magic far outweighs the price but let me ask you something If I told you that today I could teach you a spell that was so powerful, we could end the entire conflict right here and right now. I deny it. I deny it. Who am I? To, who are we to control what happens with fate? Something has to happen. It must happen. If you were to randomly just. If you were just to hocus pocus a spell that stopped this whole task of ours, then I never would have woken up. In the I never would have done a job with you. I never would have woken up in the grave with you. I wouldn't have the second chance of life. I never would have met you or Anon. I wouldn't have fucking learned more about myself. I wouldn't be trying to fucking. <laughs> While that is also true. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing to be sorry for. That it was exactly what you were there to learn. You were there to learn once and for all what it means to wield the power that you do. And it is through the knowledge that you seek, the knowledge that you gain from your own merit, not from anybody else, not from me, not from Canalvarus, not from the gods themselves. What you gain from your own well-being of going out and searching and looking for the knowledge that you seek with your own two hands, with the sweat of your brow and the blood that th flows through your veins. That is how you get power. I've and just well, I just couldn't. But let me make this perfectly clear. Just like magic. Matter of fact, exactly like magic. Knowledge also comes with a price. Everything that you learn from the smallest detail to the grandest of schemes, the greatest of secrets, has some form of price tied behind it. So this little journey that you're about to go on to become the champion of your deity requires you, demands that you gain more knowledge. It demands that you go out seeking and searching throughout the entirety of the world in order to benefit a deity that you serve. But that knowledge you're going to get comes with a very, very heavy price. But that was the decision that you made. And you're going to have to live with that 
I can't do anything to help you with it other than what I am currently doing now. The priestess said it herself. This is your journey. This is something that you're going to have to embark on your own. We will be there to guide you as best as we can. But that is all we will be as a guide. It's kind of like the seasons. You are the tree. And me and Anon and others that you surround yourself with in order to gain this knowledge are like the leaves. Come spring, the leaves grow on the trees in order to create a beautiful, green, luscious view. Until the seasons pass and to the point to where winter comes and those leaves have fallen off because they have retained all of the knowledge of the year that has gone by. Only to be renewed again the next season over. Knowledge is the exact same way. Earth. That's very poetic. Thank you. Earth, with your knowledge. How long do champions live for? That depends. How far can you shoot your Eldritch Blast? Is that how it's rolling history check? With advantage because of your sage background. <coughs> Alright, give me a minute. Uh, okay, well. Uh, I rolled both crits. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <coughs> so... Nat 1 for the first one, Nat 20 for the second one. So, alright. Okay. Reason I ask this, Cyrus. If you guys somehow are unlucky and go before I do, and I'm alone, I am alone again. That's why I ask, Darius. That is fucking why I ask. Zaris, with your not 20 on history, you've studied champions in the past, but as you've studied them under the topic of people who hold a level of power that is atypical, even among the most powerful of mages, within Vardorian society. We're talking wielders of power who could potentially go toe-to-toe -to -toe with individuals like the Grand Seer. They'd have a difficult time, but they could potentially stand toe-to-toe -to -toe on the opposite side of the battlefield with someone as powerful as the Grand Seer. Two names stand out to you. One is the champion of the Conqueror, Resha. The other is the champion, the Vardorian champion of Tiamat, Talman, the Jeweled Heart. Both of these individuals that you, you've, you've come across by name, never by physical form, 
are representations of the gods that they serve. Resha is an almighty fighter. Believed to be unparalleled in her offensive prowess. Her stoic strength that acts as a wall between oppression and the ones who require safekeeping within the world. She is a champion of ensuring that any battles are fought with honor. Any battles are fought with decency. And that if a soldier dies on the battlefield, that they receive a soldier's death. She also is tasked with ensuring that cowardice is rooted out in the hearts of all that serve in the military and the Crown's Guard and any other militant factions that stem across Vardor. Talman, on the other hand, the jeweled heart, you've read is believed to be the physical conduit between the material plane and Tiamat herself, the progenitor of chromatic dragons. Talman very, very, very rarely speaks. But when they do, it is with Tiamat's voice, not their own. You know that Talman is a male crystal dragonborn that stands just over six feet tall. And from what scrolls and readings that you have learned from, they have been around for longer than recorded history. Some of it may have been written in a way that seems embellished, exaggerated, hyperbolized ever so slightly, but there's still a lot of writings that date back hundreds of years describing individuals that fit the description of Talman. And given the fact that you know that both champions and oracles for all of the deities here on Vardor and the extended out a list of deities that are here as well as represented here they do often not always but often reside within the respective temples so um is there anything else that you guys would like to discuss before you get back to the the more settlement residential area i'm okay i'm all good okay hilarious not but i'm all good <laughs> uh okay so i'll say that you you complete that that hour's walk back into what i'll call town um finding somewhere to stay not too terribly difficult uh there's a couple of inns that seem to be open for business. Um, there's a lively crowd sat within one of them. People drinking, sharing meals, talking amongst themselves, gathered around tables. Some people sitting alone. Uh, there's a barmaid stood behind a large, beaten down oak bar top polishing glasses and tankards and cleaning 
other drinkware. You see here, she is a, a female tiefling, yellow skin coloration, shorter horns than, than Zaris, but not by much. And she's wearing this beautiful lilac and red dress that flows very gently. Doesn't cling to her, her body shape, but doesn't poof out too much to make it seem like she's wider than she actually is. It's got slight bills to the shoulders and she's wearing this chestnut brown belt that seems to clash with the overall coloration of the, the outfit that she's wearing. As you walk through the door, there's a small bell that rings attached to the doorframe. She looks across the floor space and sees the three of you entering and beckons you over to the bar. As you approach, she says, Ah, hello. What can I do you for? A drink? A meal? Yes, and, and do you have any rooms? She pulls a ledger out from a shelf and sits on the bar top, flicks open a couple of pages, and she goes, You're just in luck. We've got two rooms still available. We'll take them. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to need a name just for bookkeeping purposes. Saris. Yes. No, that's that's the name Anon's giving us, Zaris. You oh. see, the barmaid looks to you and says, "And that's your name?" No, it's his, but it will do. I like her. Okay, she pulls out a quill, dips it in a small vial of ink, and writes Zaris's name and closes it, places it back on the shelf, and says, "Well, there you go. You got the room for the night." Oh, sorry, sorry, I forgot. Sorry, I forgot to ask. Do you need? more than one room or is one okay I <laughs> one should be fine I beg the room I'll give you the twin room and I'll make sure that there's an extra bed <laughs> how much oh honey we don't charge not for the rooms anyway in that case, then, uh, Elera is going to take out Tingle, get right in front of the, in the counter in front of her, as much bottles as you can give us. And then Elera goes and, just after, after putting the gold on the table, Elera just goes and finds the table to sit at. You see the barmaid looks at the gold. She looks at the gold and her eyes are as white as saucers. She... She holds a hand up almost as though she's going to call out to you, but she watches as you turn and make your way towards the nearest available table. She looks to Anon and says, um, you're gonna have to forgive me, um, but we've, mm, we, yeah. we don't tend to, we don't tend to receive payments this large. Okay. Normally, this amount of money would buy someone a month worth of meals and drink here. Yeah, she's she's not in her right mind and kind of Anon opens up, digs it through. It's like, will this do? How much are you? How much are you offering her? I don't know how much does she want. 
How much do you offer? Mm, five gold. She looks at you and says, she, she takes two gold pieces out of your hand and says, this will buy all three of you drinks and at least three meals each. Right. She tucks the 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 gold coins under her her outfit uh against her chest, pats it down and goes, Hey. Um your friend requested a ball. I'm going to assume that judging by her exasperated demeanor, she needs something strong, so I'll go ahead and send her a bottle of mead. Uh import strength. It's nothing fancy, but it's strong. Um What can I get the two of you? I'll take a bottle of red wine. Beautiful. We've got a lovely Merlot. And you, handsome. Give me a... Give me a sweet ale. And I want a... What do you have as far as food is concerned? Well, why don't you go and tell me what you normally have, and we'll see what we can we can provide. <laughs> and on, she doesn't know. Um, okay. Uh, so how about this? And I pull out of my bag. Uh, and I'm going to slap a piece of uh. What do I want to give her? Are you giving her something to cook for you? Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you roll a persuasion check with this. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, so I'm gonna pull out a, a hunk of meat. It's Griffin. <laughs> okay. That is a 19 plus 3 on Persuasion. Uh, I would like her to make us... Uh, I gave her enough for the three of us. So I would like for the cook to use this griffin to make griffin shanks with barbecue sauce, please. Okay. 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 She takes this large chunk of griffin bones into bones and all and as she's looking at it she looks up at you and says um i'm a chef it's fine oh that's all well and good uh it's more a fact that um i don't think the chef has ever come across a griffin before uh so he's um cook it like you would cook a cow that that gotcha. that is what I'm going to give you. Tell him to cook it just like you would cook a cow, like a steak, but make it into chunks and grill it. Barbecue. We're good. Sure. Oh, and add some vegetables too, steamed sure. for me. Sure. Um you you see she she takes it from you and heads towards the the door to the kitchen and 
you hear very quietly, what could possibly go wrong? You see her walk through to the kitchen and there's a, there's a couple of minutes, there's a couple of moments of silence. And all you hear is this gruff male voice in the background going, he wants me to do what with this shit? Barbecue? I ah, hell's given here. Fucking see what I can do. She, I shrug it Anna, and she asked. <laughs> she she comes back around. You see she's wiping her hands um, on a towel and says, that's probably going to take a couple minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll bring it over once it's ready. Lovely. I just shrug. So. Thank you so much for your trouble. Be polite. I was. <laughs> she asked. <laughs> so as you go and... Uh, join Alara at the table I'll say that you guys are there's a there's a table about 20 feet off to the, the right it's not tucked away in the corner it's about two-thirds of the way across the space it's tucked in this little uh cluster of smaller tables just people generally chit-chatting couple of couples are having a meal together there's a couple of uh, people that are just sat minding their own business sipping away at what appears to be tankards of just very generic ales, just reading over scrolls, just minding their own business. It's a very, it, it's, it's, this is a place where people just keep themselves, essentially. And a couple of minutes later, the, the waitress comes over, plops down on a uh, glass of wine with a uh, wine glass. Larry, you get given uh, a bottle of this deep amber alcohol that has this strong potent smell but it's floral it's got sweetness and herbal notes to it zaris your your ale is in this nice little almost like a stained blue glass chalice uh the ale itself is not blue it's just the the glass that the chalice is made out of she gives you all your drinks and says well um enjoy and you see is there's this one guy off to the back left corner who's sat there snapping his fingers and she goes yeah 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 i'll be right there just you do realize i have to serve other people right like there's more than just you in this establishment sir so you know snapping your fingers ain't gonna get me to come over there and take your order any quicker if anything i'm just gonna stand here and talk to these lovely folks for longer elera raises her voice a little bit Seriously, would you shut the fuck up, you little immature fucking needy-ass needing bastard? She'll serve you when the fucking time comes, but until then, we'll get a good little boy and shut up! Make an intimidation check. <laughs> That's a 19. Damn. Okay. So, as... This outburst comes out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, because you've been sat here quietly stewing whilst uh, your friends have been making their orders. The major, sorry, heck up. The majority of the room quietens slightly. It doesn't go silent, just quietens a little bit. And you see the waitress just crack a, an awkward smile and goes, ha, it's fine, it's, it's fine, nothing to be, nothing to be concerned about, yeah. She just looks to you, she places a hand gently on your shoulder and says, Ma'am, I really appreciate that, but trust me, he's, he's not, he's not someone that you really want to pay too much attention to. He's not worth it, sweetie, honestly. 
But thank you, I appreciate that. That was very kind of you. Nothing. Okay. She she scuttles off. You <clears throat> see her. She whips out this tiny little notepad and walks over to the jackass that was snapping his fingers and just proceeds to go about her own business. I'll say that for sake of wrapping up this session, you guys relax for a while, have your drinks, have food. Zaris, the the griffin, uh, the meal comes out. The, the vegetables are beautifully cooked. They're crisp and tender, but still cooked to a, a degree of doneness that is very, very much what you'd expect in a place that's higher end than this. They're seasoned beautifully with garlic, rosemary, thyme, a little bit of butter. There's uh, there's bean, there, there's there's green beans, there's carrots, there's broccoli, uh, both normal and tender stem. Uh, there's parsnips and there is very finely diced uh, shallots as well. The problem comes with the griffin itself. You get the sense that with the waitress's confusion and apprehension over the the species of meat that it was and the the very in the grand scheme of things vague instructions that you gave her for the chef and to cook it like he would a cow uh griffin is more gamey than than beef it's not as it's it's not as uh What's the fucking word I'm looking for here? It's not as tender. It's it's got a naturally slightly more chewy texture to it. That's fine. As long is it medium well. It's medium rare. That's fine. I can fix this. I can fix this. So, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Wait, All you're right, asking cool. for a medium well. Yeah, like medium, like in right, okay. the in between. It's it's on the more rarer side of of medium. That's perfect. Like I'm, that's totally fine. I I, I like it that way. Like either medium rare or like it's just straight medium. Like okay. the in between you, of those two. You you look at it and the sear on the outside is lovely, but you get the sense that the chef has never cooked this before. So because of the different because of the different texture of the meat, the the timings were just completely different and he had no idea he, he just slapped it on the grill threw seasoning on it and was like fuck it i'll flip it in like two minutes and fucking hope for the best the barbecue fantastic i'm about to fix this <laughs> go ahead all right cool so i'm about to make us a dipping sauce for this uh so out of my bag I pull out uh, a tomato sauce, so tomato base. I pull out brown sugar. I pull out vinegar. Pull out water. I pull. Uh, I use. I grab a couple of spices out of my spice bag, and I grab uh, a little bit of uh, cayenne pepper. Okay. Uh, so I am going to mix all of that together, and I will roll a medicine check for this and. Make sure that it is done the way that I want it. But essentially, I am making the fantasy equivalent of barbecue sauce. Okay. Uh, sir, that is a 19 on the die. Yep. Okay. You you you, you managed to piece together this beautifully balanced. Uh, fuck it. 
it's probably not what you were going for but i don't care you put together this beautifully balanced kansas city style barbecue sauce i'll take it <laughs> uh it's mediocre but i'll take it <laughs> fantasy so it's fun uh okay so i'll put all of that together uh it's got a little bit of a kick, but I tell Anon and Alara to dip their griffin meat into it and then try it and tell me what they think. Do we have to roll for this? No, no, just roll play out. Alara takes a bite out for hers and she eats it. She seems to be liking it, but doesn't say anything. She's, she's liking it though, but she's just quiet. Yep, I've never had a before. <laughs> Sake. You get it. <laughs> oh man, I love you. I really do. That was great. That I made me that. very yeah. happy. Yeah, that made me happy too. Okay, is there anything that you guys want to discuss in RP just before we, we round out the session? Um. Like, how much dipping sauce did you make? I made enough for the just the three of us. Yeah, so, but how much is that? Okay, so like, Anon, okay. Anon, you know the little, you know the little pots that you get in McDonald's. Yeah. You get the equivalent of two of those. Each or together. No, that's your. That's what he gives you. Okay, that should be enough. Okay, so again, anything that you guys want to do before we round out tonight? I lost train of thought because, like... <laughs> uh-huh. I'm very good at that. No, it's not even you. It's the fact that Anon's blurred that out, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, okay, so... Now I gotta try to remember what I was gonna do. Shit, um... Welcome to Thoughts with Zaris. <laughs> oh shit. Do any of you need No no, we're doing a long rest anyway. Never mind. Never mind. I ain't gonna worry about that. Yep, we are gonna sleep tonight. Yeah, I was thinking of doing something, but uh we're getting a long rest, so it doesn't really matter on that part. So okay. Never mind. Okay. Well, I uh, will say that that is where we are going to end for today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you have enjoyed this little uh, insight into the location that the players have now found themselves in. Not going to lie, was not anticipating Alara going to the temple already, but it's super dope that she did. And now... <laughs> She knows exactly why she's been called here. She has the potential and the possibility to embark on the trial that if she is successful, will crown her <laughs> as the champion of the Matron of Ravens. Among other things, she now has to also go and figure out what the fuck's going on with the oracles. And they still need to meet up with Kala. So yeah, a lot to do here. 
but we'll continue all of this. Next, we are on a tight schedule. Next session. Why did you say so volley there? <laughs> because like, I just nah, had barbecue, like, bitch. So <laughs> like, oh, so I, ju I just like, had barbecue, bitch. They're so great. Barbecue, bitch. Oh God, I just me. had a barbecue, bitch. Like, I enjoyed the barbecue that much, like I put it on my little junk and I was hot and spicy. Damn, okay, that's that's a sentence. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on Duggies and Dargons. We hope you enjoyed the session. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, but above all else, embark on a little journey of self-reflection. You never know who you'll be afterwards. Fuck good, good night, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>